Thank you for listening to Take Two Plus, the only podcast on the internet. Um, still figuring things out with Tommy Lee Jones, but I have a little trick on my sleeve. And if you stay tuned to the last bit of the episode, I'm going to reveal uh, what my lawyers think is an open and shut case. So, uh, very exciting times. Uh, we have finished the top 10, uh, no, top nine, uh, 2020 Corona version, the uh, Hitchcock draft top nine. The Magnificent Nine. Is that the, like the final name we settled on? Because I don't feel like that was the final name we settled on for the list. I, I believe care. it was West Coast Fire kills 15 people <laughs> if it was a boy. And if it was... What, what are we talking about? <laughs> the list <laughs> title. The Alfred Hitchcock Draft. Doesn't ring a bell. The following may contain harsh language, poorly communicated ideas, does not reflect the opinions of iHeartRadio. You two were both wrong and I was right this entire time. I slept on it. Thought about it. Are you putting foreign correspondent at number one again, Chris? This is his last chance to try and do it, so I guess he might as well. The Hail Mary. Wait, can we move around the the parts now that they're all on there? Uh, Not unless someone's got some sweet We should all have one. We should all have one. How about we do this? How about we go over the final list one last time so we can revel in its awesomeness and terribleness? And then we can discuss that a little bit. And then why don't we each mention one last Hitchcock film that we think should round out the top ten? And then we'll go from there. No, I like my idea so much better. Okay, so I'm thinking (laughs) a car between one and 52. Your idea makes no sense. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. I think ideas come my way. Anyways, uh, so if I was to put a movie on this list, it would have to be... Well, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let, let's go over the list one last time, and then we'll get to that. So right. Tyler, why don't you Number tell one, us what the foreign list correspondent. Is. Number two. Get the it. fuck out of here. I'm sure Tyler has a nice little write-up. I do for anybody uh, who's been paying attention. Our uh, top nine, number one on the list is North by Northwest. Two psychos. Booyah! Rear window Booyah! Shut up, Sean. Notorious and fourth. Shadow of By the way, for all the listeners, we didn't have number two as the movie Booyah, Booyah. That did not yeah. make the list. Also, just reminder that Sean said this whole list doesn't matter and the numbers are all rigged and it's all bullshit. Yeah. So just outside, remember that when we put his number, his movie Outside of the top three. That uh, that's not what you said uh, three weeks ago. That was before the top three had been finished. Disgusting. <laughs> okay. Number one on our highly uh, controversial list is North by Northwest. Number two, Psycho. Three, Weir Window. Booyah, booyah, four. booyah, 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 <laughs> Shadow of a Doubt at number five. Vertigo 6, Strangers on a Train 7, number 8 is Foreign Correspondent, and number 9, Rope. All right, do it one more time and no one will interrupt. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know. Thank you for listening to Take 2 Plus. Um, <laughs> That's it, folks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this wrap-up episode. The well's dry. Super quick. The well <laughs> is dry. I can't even what do you guys think was anymore. the biggest surprise from that list? What are you most shocked that ended up where it ended up? For me, the list makes sense. Like yeah, there's nothing on that list that like surprises you and where it ended up. Like maybe honestly, maybe man. Like if you, were to look at, if you were to like make an algorithm of like top ten Hitchcock list or whatever, you know, for all the psychos that do top nine Hitchcock lists, <laughs> if you were to put that like algorithm or like whatever, it would probably come up with generally speaking the list that we came out. If you were to like similar, sample yeah. a million, list, like it's, it's if you're going good. by like critics reviews and stuff. Vertigo would probably end up higher on the average list. Yeah, I mean, but I'd say there's, 
There's I mean, a few things that are probably different from ours. I don't think foreign correspondent would really appear on a top 10 list for Hitchcock That's anywhere other than ours. Crack, Sean. That was the entire point of the I'm episode. Not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say it's good or bad either way. I'm just saying these are the things no, that I think I, are No, you different. are saying it's bad. And you no, not necessarily. Well, I'm just saying I that I think it makes it look different. With rope. <laughs> I do think rope. that rope would not have ended as low on most lists, but that's fine. All right, so rope is low. Foreign correspondent is on the list. Vertigo is probably low. Notorious and Shadow of a Doubt, I think, are surprisingly high when you compare it to most other lists. And I think everything else is about where it should be. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, Notorious and Shadow of a Doubt may be a little lower. I think they would still be on the list, though. Hey, by the way, don't you think? I just, uh, in that moment of quiet reflection, I was thinking, isn't Notorious kind of, like, a Orson Welles film almost. Kind of like Orson Wellesy. Even like it how it shot. Orson Wellesy, yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. Other than it being black and white and looking gorgeous. Yeah, you know what? That oh you know what, so, uh, I'm sorry, Tyler. That was the that was the similarity that I was they're, they're both in black and white. <laughs> and they look gorgeous. But seriously, give me another similarity. <laughs> Do you want um, me to strike you down again and again? Do you want me to strike you down? You're the dog I think, that keeps getting beaten and keeps biting. I think that there's a case to be made that actually, if anything, I might even say like Shadow of a Doubt is more well or more like Orson Welles. And you know, that's like a stranger. We talked about that. um, Yeah, Shadow of a Doubt reminds me of Stranger, but that's uh, yeah. The aesthetic of it is kind of like Magnificent Amberson, so I can see that it's a lot of like big crowd scenes. Is there though? (laughs) Sorry for all of our Patreon (laughs) listeners. I thought you were like there's one party scene. There's a party scene in Notorious where there's a crowd, and then no, I guess man. there's a scene at a racetrack. That's literally the two biggest set pieces in the film because everything else is a is a room with two people talking. But Maybe okay. we should have a new rule when it comes to Take Two Plus. I think Sean has to have at least three drinks before we get started. <laughs> I, I'm like I can notice it. one. I don't know. Like, do you not think Citizen Kane is a lot of just two people in a room talking? Though, exactly. That's a, that's that's. To a degree, yeah. I think there are more crowd scenes in Citizen Kane. I also think, I mean, as much as, Chris, oh. as much as Chris was saying that, like, they both inventive camera work, I mean, I think Orson Welles is far more inventive with the camera than Hitch is. Hitch will do, like, one big camera thing, like a movie, and that's about it. Whereas, so like, Hitch will, or Orson Welles would just do constant little things. Who, who wore it better? Intro of Touch of Evil or, let's say, whatever scene in Rope? 100% towards Touch of Evil. It's been a long time since I've seen yeah. Touch of Evil. I mean, I barely oh, remember. I it's like it the convertible, right? The convertible, like one it's take. It's like a on. really long uh, one take. Yeah, I mean, there are like, there are crowds. There's like yeah. the street yeah. traffic. And Crossing all the border. And like when Hitch does a one take, it's because the entire fucking movie is a one take, right? Like, it's not like he doesn't do that just to do it. He does it because that's the structure of the film, and right? We, like we determined, I think, that that was both a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. That's what you guys determined, yeah. I mean, I, I can see you your point. did it because it was kind of a dull story and you need to spice it up a little bit. So oh, yeah. In the dull easiest story. set yeah. possible. Yeah. Compared to that fucking thriller of Vertigo. I think you determined <laughs> the, that. The thrilling story of Notorious. Rope stood more strongly thrilling. on the shoulders of the novelty of how it was filmed, right? Like, yeah. All right. So, okay. We've gone over this a little bit. <laughs> what right, do what you guys think? Like, if we're going to have like one last film, what would you guys put in there? Chris, you seem to have an idea already with two films. What would be the two films that you would throw in this? Or one of the. Try and choose one of those two films. Yeah. You, you know what? Okay. So, I love uh, Lady Vanishes, but it would have to be Dial Down for Murder. So great. That would Ray be your Blard, number 10. Grace Kelly. Um, you know, it is kind of like rope in a sense. Um, it all takes place in the one apartment. It was, I think, the first Hitchcock movie I saw, and it just it laid its roots in me, man. Like, game over, freaking awesome. <laughs> 
game over, man. Game over. Uh, it's also it's shot in uh, 3D. Uh, for only one scene, I think. It's like a really boring movie, yeah? It's all like basically a theatrical performance. It's still in 3D, so like they would have given out 3D glasses, but like you would have been wearing these 3D glasses for the entire movie. And then there would be, I think, one scene where Grace Kelly like stabs the fellow or like there's like a, a pair of scissors or whatever that like comes out. But like that like comes towards the audience. Yeah, something yeah. like that. For movies, like 3D movies that incorporate a lot of 3D, it's funny to see Hitchcock 3D and it's like one scene that lasts one second. And because of that, they're giving out these, what I don't <laughs> imagine, just material just being thrown away. I mean, Maybe it was like, probably revolutionary at the time, but now that's like yeah. the gimmickiest of the gimmicky things to do for 3D, just to have like the one like object coming right at the audience. You know what I mean? Even when I we got 3D right, we still got tired of it. Like when, when, when James Cameron came in and did Avatar and nailed everything in terms of 3D and then everyone else tried to like kind of crib on it a little bit, but basically do the same thing. Yeah. Even within a year that we're like, we're done. Like this is over. Like, well, no one yeah, this is amazing. Like extra plastic on your face. And well, yeah, I'm wanted to see it too. Like, uh, it doesn't really add that, anything. But... No. I mean, like in certain films like Avatar, it did add a bit, but like in most films that were utilizing it, it added absolutely nothing. Like yeah. absolutely. Me personally, I would probably throw in The Lady Vanishes, kind of like Chris mentioned. I think it was probably his biggest English film, well, it was his biggest English film, and it's the one that let him go over to the States and start making movies in Hollywood. It has everything, it has a little bit of thrills, it has comedy, it looks awesome. Like, it's just a fun movie. It's not like his best movie by any means, but it's just, a, it's a lot of fun. Can I say one thing about The Lady Vanishes, and that is, it is a very old movie. It's like super old, and so it has to be freaking amazing in order to like be as engaged as you would maybe normally be with like a state of the art film test of time. because it it is a little shaky in terms of its aging in terms of you know how resilient some of Hitchcock's films are Lady Vanishes is stuck in a time and a place but it is so fast paced well no it the pace develops but over time like maybe half an hour but it's such an engaging story that like Basically, it's the best adaptation of Murder on the Orient Express, but it's not even called that. I don't even know what came first. Did this movie come before Agatha Christie wrote that book? That no. movie, that book has been made into a movie twice, once in like the 70s, I think, with Albert Finney and the other by yeah. Kenneth Branagh. And Branagh's an amazing director, but even he couldn't outdo what Hitchcock did in the 30s. Murder on the Orient Express was written in 1934. Ooh, so it was before the movie. Lee the movie was 38, 39? Well, that's not what made it book. Was there a book that? Yeah, the book was 1934. Oh, I see. I All right, so Tyler, what would be your 10th pick to round up? Uh, my 10th pick, I don't know if it would go super high on the list, but I always enjoy it for the concept. I think we kind of assumed that this film would be the 10th spot. Yeah, um, I think my, my last pick would probably be Lifeboat, uh, both for the style oh. of how he had to shoot it. Yeah, uh, it's kind of got that like rope dialing for murder, single location, bottle episode vibe. Yeah, um, but I also like the idea of being trapped at sea with someone who you're at war with and kind of having the numbers on that person. I think that was a morality tale to it. Was that book by John Steinbeck, was it? Lifeboat. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I think it was probably based off like a news story or something. Wasn't it based off like a World War uh, II? Sean is like saying that I'm wrong and yet he's like <laughs> enabled, like whatever. What uh, did you think of it? I'm looking it up right now. What no, did you think it was based it was off of? Story Chris? by John Steinbeck. Yeah. Oh well, Chris is right. Yeah. Why would I, I don't click know if it's on a Lifeboat? Who just wrote, worked on the like screenplay? 
I just clicked on Lifeboat uh, on IMDb, and there's a picture of Monster Inc. in the title. Yes, it's really weird. Okay, it makes perfect sense. Um, all right, well, so Sean, Lifeboat, let me know when you're done watching cartoons because uh, we have a top you have a little business to do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so, what should we get to? Uh, shall, or shall Tyler let us all know what we're going to be doing for the next few weeks of our yeah, life? No, wait a second. Scores, uh, wait, what? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. By all means, do what you want to do. Okay. Final scores are... Uh, no, there's no time. No time? You don't want to hear who has... <laughs> like the winner of like the thing we've been <laughs> oh, doing yeah, for nine we weeks? Do, we do have to break yeah. the tie, don't we? Fuck, all right. I don't... Well... No, I guess you did, Sean, because of the lady vanishes. So you got one... Oh no, I do because you got uh, 10. Oh. Yeah, 10 points. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. I mean, wait a second. Sean, you got the uh, first pick in the Hitchcock draft, so maybe Chris yeah. should get I was going to be the bigger man and just give it to Chris. <laughs> but not because anymore. Not. <laughs> All right, so the final scores were Tyler, Final scores were got? tied for 17 points for second place runner. Now Sean has 27 points. <laughs> That's true. So now it's all different. Tied for either the runner-up position or dead last, depending on how you want to look at it. <laughs> I think I know. Both that. Chris and Sean with 17 points. Yeah. So who and won? Tyler, Tyler winning the competition. Oh my asterisk. god! It says not only not only did he win the competition, it was also for the handsomest podcaster of 2020 award. It's Tyler with. I'm sorry. Points. Who who voted on that? Your wife? I voted. Uh, she was part of it. Yeah. We're moving away from director on this oh, one. Thank God. Talked about, right? You know, let's, um, let's get a little time to breathe. Yeah. I want to open it up a little bit. Something that expands, uh, crosses multiple genres. Are so you making a two more, girls, one cup joke? Uh, it's going to be two girls, one cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, what we're what? doing, I wouldn't even call it a, a genre because it crosses multiple genres. I'll call it more of a theme. We're doing revenge movies. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like and this is bittersweet because I'll be able to have my revenge on you, Sean. That's well, you do get up. first pick, Chris, because you lost. You got last place, and I'm going to give you the first pick. So, I would say as long as the protagonist is looking to extract revenge from the antagonist, you've got a winner. So yeah. our next episode will be our revenge film draft. Do we? Uh, do you have any advertisers coming up for this next wave, Chris? Like, are you talking to anyone? I'm just talking to the people at uh, the Timely Lee Jones uh, Foundation for Blood Loss. I think we. And what has your lawyer been telling you about that? Build the card up my sleeve. Yes. Uh, we love you, but if you want to prove that you love us, you'll just keep watching this show. We've got nothing it, else. It's these kind of mental games that we're going to just start kind of touching on um, as we go on with take two podcasts so thank you and uh if you want to love us just keep watching and we'll love you more and more every every episode so uh kind of like a brother or a sister to us right now and i can see that your eyes are getting very heavy i feel like this That's is the end of an episode of <laughs> reading rainbow or something yeah <laughs> like we're talking like, to the man at the end of this uh, we love your you eyes now just remember <laughs> don't ever forget about us. Yeah. Equality for Holy everyone. shit. Or we make this worse than it is. We are so smart and everyone else is so stupid. Thank you for... Oh, 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 I didn't realize that mic was still on. Hey, oh. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to Take Two Plus. I can't wait to show you the secrets and the... Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay.